G'day everyone and welcome to Talking Luft. Another episode is ready to go. Once again, if you haven't heard the episode over at the Cycling Podcast, it's with Jens Kukulair. We're talking about Belgium classics, what it is like for a Flandern, a classics rider, a Belgium growing up in that region, racing the classics, the expectation, what that would be like. It's like, I guess, in, a, in Melbourne, you know, growing up to be an AFL player. What, I just wanted to understand that. So go back and listen to that, that episode. We also talk about coronavirus because he actually had it. And that was actually quite interesting to talk to him who'd had coronavirus and how he felt, how he got over that. And he's fit and well now, coming back strong. We also talk about the classics at the end of the year, which is really cool too. But right now we've got Talking Luft with Jens. So sit back and enjoy this one. It's quite good. Bit of a laugh in there as always. Cheers. Well, welcome, Jens Kukaleo. Um, I still haven't said that correctly. Almost. Kukaleo. Kukaleo. This is Talking Luft. Yenzi, you know all about this. I know you're a listener. So let's just go straight into it. Caps, caskets, how do you wear yours? Do you wear it forwards, backwards, brim up? Uh, actually, I only wear them uh, when it's raining. Um, I put them under my helmet so it protects the, the, the rain going on the back of your sunglasses. And I always uh, cut off the, the little top so I can breathe a little bit my head can breathe a little bit uh, so you do ta- taffy style underneath the helmet yeah yes did you did you train with no helmet when you first started I actually remember a couple of uh, a couple of rides that I did it I think when I started riding I wasn't racing yet but when I started riding it was still um, okay to I think it was that year that when they hit the bottom of a climb and it was an uphill finish, they could throw away their helmets. Um, mm. and yeah, obviously, before that, they, they didn't have to wear helmets at all. Um, and it was just a cool thing. Like, the pros, yeah. they don't wear a helmet, so uh, we do it as well. But I, I only did it, like, a couple of rides. I didn't do it uh, that much. How did you wear your hat then? Uh, it was actually uh, a bun- Is it a bandana? Yeah, bandana. Yeah, like uh, Pantani <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, Pantani. Oh, really? He used to do it as well a little bit. Oh, I actually yeah. had the same. Uh, I had the same Pantani Monsieur wore on. I think the the last Roubaix he won with the lion on it. Yeah, and uh, that that was what I was wearing. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. So then the next question is. If you got a race in that era with no helmets, what would you have worn? Would have been the bandana. Probably, probably it would be. I just, I just remember when I, when I put it on, I was so cool. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's what you. I think it's what you grow up watching. Um, Museu, he was, he was one of the legends back then, and yeah, if he does it, it has to be one of the coolest things in the world. So. Did Museu wear that? in other races or was it just in the classics i can't remember do you have the bandana all the time i think uh yeah i'm not sure as well but i do remember that year he had like his his special bandana with the lion on it um when he won his last ruby 
when he did the five or five, yeah. ten, what was it, ten World Cup races that he won, so pretty special. I did love the World Cup. It's such a great jersey. I always remember Van Pettigam in that sweet World Cup outfit. I actually have uh, one of Museo's World Cup jerseys uh, in my collection. Uh, I can't remember where we got it, uh, but it's in my the, the last year that they had the World Cup. The jersey he had, like the World Cup leader jersey, mm. I have it. Uh, I have it in my collection, so that's actually pretty cool. What for for wearing, like just training in, or you mean like actually his jersey signed? His jersey. Yep. Really? I don't know. I can't remember where we got it. It was early in my career as a professional that somebody gave it to me. Huh. Um, and it's actually years later, like my brother, he has a... Um, he likes to go to, uh, to festivals in the summer and he always wears like a cycling kit because it's easy. He can put the beer uh, in, the in the back and you have the pockets. <laughs> yeah, in the pockets. And... Um, Belgium. <laughs> I remember, uh, actually not that long ago, he was sending me some pictures on uh, Roquerter or one of the festivals, and he was wearing that jersey. And I was thinking, oh shit, did I give him that jersey? It's actually worth, uh, worth a lot. So uh, after that festival, I asked him back. You're kidding me. He was just wearing his mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think it's the last year they had, they had that... That thing the, that the World Cup leader wore the jersey, I think it's from his last year. So, uh, oh my god! Actually, uh, all right. What's your favorite race? Uh, Roubaix. Roubaix. Yeah. yeah. And what's your favorite drink? What's your go-to drink, Yenzi? Uh, it's changed a lot. Um, uh, I've always been a fan of beers. Um, we have a really good beer I find here in Bruges. It's the Brusselsot. Um, but I always like when they have it, especially on tap. I'm 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 always ordering it. Uh, but the last the blonde, yeah, the blonde. But the last couple of years, I've been a fan of Omer. I think it's maybe a good story. Like um, there's this uh, writer from Bruges who writes a lot of uh, detective uh, stories. Um, I'm not gonna say I'm a big book fan, but I, I read a lot. Um, and I've have a, I have a lot a lot of his books uh, here at home. And his main character in his books, he's a yeah detective, but he's also an alcoholic, and he just drinks beer uh, Omer. And I think every ten pages he drinks one or two Omers, and he actually writes it uh, writes it a lot. So um, I think when I finished my sixth or seventh book. Like when you read it, you you, f- you feel like oh, no mer wouldn't be too bad for uh, you know. So were you, drink, um, were you drinking them before you read the book, or you started no, reading? No, no. I might have to try this beer. I actually remember that I drank it a couple of years before, and I didn't really like it. It was um, oh, back then I, I didn't really like the liked it that much. Um, but then reading the books, like it, it's crazy. You read it. Like every every twenty minutes you're reading, he's drinking an Omer, and then uh, yeah, started drinking it. And I, I'm actually a big fan now. I always have some. Uh, always, I usually have some Omers here uh, in the fridge at home. Oh, nice, very good. I look. I didn't want to allude to it, but if you didn't say a couple good Belgian beers, something would have been wrong there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, are you a, do you like racing or training? Uh, both. I think maybe. Maybe I would say training, but if it would be only training, I would miss the racing too much. 
Um, but I just, uh, um, I'm, I really ride, like just riding the bike. Uh, especially for us, we see a lot of places in the world and just um, exploring new places uh, uh, and just ride the bike. It's, uh, it's probably the thing I, I enjoy the most now. But I'm pretty sure if, like actually now with the whole lockdown, mm. I'm, I really miss racing. I didn't think I would miss it that much. So um, now I say training, but it's because I still have the racing. Uh, so it's not easy to make a decision there. That's a good point. Like I'm always this question, I, I would always say training, but now in the lockdown or in the, the absence of racing, like it's, you made such a good point then. If I didn't have the racing, I wouldn't enjoy the training as much and vice versa. So, yeah. All right. Crosswinds or mountains? <laughs> Uh, on training mountains uh, in racing yeah. crosswinds yeah. They're, they're you're a pretty good you're a pretty good climber though yeah but it, they, they both hurt really bad but in the crosswinds I still make it in the front and on the climbs uh, yeah I'm, I'm a really happy man if I'm still there when there's 40 men left but then yeah he's, yeah, yeah. Uh, crosswinds <laughs> All right, what's your hardest favorite or slash favorite training session that you do? Uh, Either or. can be the hardest one that you hate or just could be one that you really like. There's one um, I, I did a lot before. We do a little bit less now or different. There's um, this little parkour close to where I live. And it has two bridges over the, over the highway. And from one bridge to the other, it's... It's maybe three or four kilometers. And I used to do this training that I go to one bridge, sprint to the top, easy down, do a U-turn, then sprint to the top again, down, U-turn, and sprint to the top again, and then go to the next bridge and do like four laps. But it's a pretty long bridge, and they both come after um, like a sharp corner. So you basically do a standing start to the top, so it's a 20, 25 second effort. And it's, uh, it's horrible. It's uh, like I remember doing it one time, and I actually had to throw up uh, after that after that ride. Um, so that's probably uh, my hardest uh, training session. No wonder you're good at doing the little uphill sprints. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's actually been a while since I've done it. Should do it again, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you go out riding, are you a coffee stop guy? And if you are, do you stop when you stop? Do you have something sweet or savory to eat? Uh, I'm definitely a coffee stop guy and uh, sweet uh, cheesecake or a carrot cake always does uh, really well for me. Rice tacho? Uh, actually, not that much. I think it's because we've had it. We've oh. had it too much. Like uh, yeah. I remember when you grow up as a kid, every all all kids love a, a rice tacho because it's just a vanilla flavor with the rice. It's just kids love it. And then when you start racing, it's Ah, what do you bring for racing? Ah, race touches, of course. What else? And then the whole juniors and under twenty threes, you're smashing down the race touches, and then you've had enough. Uh, not that many race touches. Even now, when I when we stop at a bakery, I almost never get a race touch. It's always uh, something different. But uh, yeah, definitely cheesecake or carrot cake, something like that. Uh, and what coffee do you get? Are you a are you an espresso man? Filter, milk coffee. Uh, something, yeah, something with milk. Um, at home, I'll always make a cappuccino, and the coffee stops here at home also cappuccino. 
And uh, in Australia, always flat white because I feel that it's the standard there. Like, Stronger. It's almost. It's almost it's double shot on Yeah, but it's. I feel. I feel strange when I order a cappuccino. It's. Oh, I just <laughs> order a flat white made. It's easier. <laughs> Did you like the coffee in Australia? Oh man, it's amazing. I lo- I loved it so much. Again this year, it's. So this year the door down under, and the last time I was there was 2013 on Orica. And uh, I really forgot how good it was. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it this year. Are you a training with a group guy or train alone? Uh, both, actually. I, um, I know that there's some sessions you, you, you do better on your own. Um, and then other sessions like, uh, like the, the long, easy rides, it's always, it's always fun to do uh, in a group. It's, it really depends. Like some moments in the year, I really just want to do the training on my own and then listen to some music and you do your own loop and you don't have to think about anything but then other times you just really enjoy being there with the group and it's almost it's yeah sometimes it feels less uh, like training because you're just just talking a little bit and time goes by a bit quicker and um so yeah it's both it's it's both do you have a favorite training route what's your favorite route that you can say um, here at home, I would say um, uh, uh, to go direction Camel, uh, Heuvelland. It's, um, mm. it's actually where I live. It's still a two-hour ride to, till I get there. But when I do longer rides, everything longer than four hours, I always go that direction. It's, the roads are a little bit more quiet than the region of Tour of Flanders. Um, and it's... It's always a little bit more up and down. I found, I find, um, I'm not really sure why, but I just enjoy it more there. Um, but then, yeah, anywhere. Is there a specific route that you would do? Like you go over the Camelberg, or you just do all the hills around the Camel? Uh, yeah, it depends a little bit. Usually, I, I got a one route that I that I do a lot to do: Camelberg, Roldeberg, Katzberg, Kasselberg. And then back, you know, you know the climbs, Mitch. You know them. Yeah. Um, well, they're all they're all normal. They're all normal roads too, which is which is nice. Like I can't imagine it'd be nice going on cobbles. Yeah, it's uh, that's something funny. Eh? I I really don't enjoy doing cobbles on training because it's so much different than in the race. Um, because of the yeah, you don't have the proper setup, tire wise, the wheels, the bike. It's horrible it's uh it's completely different and it's yeah it's not really enjoyable um to do cobbles on training uh every now and then i do them i think when you live here you almost have to um but i'm not gonna unless i have the proper setup i'm not gonna do like uh all the cobblestone sections uh do you do castleberg when you go down there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well it depends how much that's not real hard co- no 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 it depends how much time i have that's that that's a six hour ride but uh, yeah, right. I need the proper setup. <laughs> Just imagine doing like a recon of Roubaix with normal, <laughs> like <laughs> the, the twenty-five tires and seven bar pressure, and would oh, would be horrible. You just have too you have too many problems as well. Like you break stuff if you don't have. Yeah, 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 it's really not enjoyable. All right, Yenzi, I reckon you're going to have a pretty good one for this. What's your cheat meal? What's your celebration go-to food like? Yeah, what is it? You get home from one of those big rides or a big a big race, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna have this. It's changed a lot over the years, eh? Because now, 
when you're lucky, you have a chef coming to the races and you're actually yeah, pretty happy uh, with all the food you're getting at the races. But um, now when I get home and it's been and the food's not been that good just something with a lot of spices mm. um, I'm a big fan of Indian food um, actually just Asian food if it's uh, Indian or Thai or sushi but just something with a lot of flavors um, makes me happy but then saying that just a really good burger makes me happy as well mm. um, but uh, yeah that would be hard to choose Pretty good options there. All right, what's your uh, maybe an Indian burger? <laughs> maybe. I knew you'd have a weird combo. You're such a weird combo guy. <laughs> tell tell everyone about one of your strangest combos, breakfast combinations. Uh, my breakfast, my breakfast. Uh, so yeah, usually it's, it starts with some toasted bread, some coconut butter, then some Philadelphia, then a bit of jam. Actually, I've, I've been a fan of a uh, date date uh, syrup. So instead of the jam, I do the date syrup, then a piece of ham or, or like chicken uh, chicken fillet, then a, an egg, and then a little bit of pepper and salt, and it's oh, <laughs> it makes my day. It's so happy thinking about that in the morning, like oh yeah. That's that's the latest one. I've seen numerous combinations over the years. I tell you what, I'm just like yeah. you're not going to put that on. Yep, there it goes. Yeah, and he's going <laughs> to put that on top as well. Well, yeah. All right, what's your best bike? What's Yenzi's bike? Uh, the Super 6 Evo Cannondale, of course. Is it? Yeah. No, I'm actually, I actually really think it is mm. for me. Um, I've, I didn't have that many bikes in my career. Uh, me and Coffee Days, I had to look. And we always had Scott on Orica. And now Ridley, the last two years in Lotto. Um, but I think this bike we have now really suits my characteristics. Um, the Super 6, because it's, it's a light bike. Mm. I think also with the with the disc brakes, it's still stiff in the front. Um, it's fast, uh, so it's a little bit everything mm. that 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 I need. I, I I don't want the fastest bikes because I can climb okay, so I need to pass the climbs as well. But I need a fast bike. Um, I need a, a stiff bike to be able to to sprint, and I think this bike really suits my uh, characteristics. Um, I was really. Happy with the, the foil we had uh, my last year in, in Orica, the Scott foil. Um, but I, yeah, to be honest, this one's just a little bit better for me. Yeah, I like it too because it's also got the clearance, which is something I like as well. And I think yep. if I was, I've already said this a few times, if I was to buy a bike for sort of everything, jack of all trades, it's a pretty good bike for that. Like you said, it's fast. You can go... Just, I'm just talking about not racing now. You could do bunch rides and you'd be fine in this bike, flat bunch rides. But you could also go to the mountains and climb with all your friends and be no problems. But then you could also put some big tires on it and go graveling on it, which is what I do. And I think yeah. if you like, rather than buy three separate bikes, then you're like, I'll just get one bike and I can almost do everything on it pretty good. Yeah, and the comfort as well. Like here, um, like we have a lot of good roads in Belgium, but a lot of shit roads as well. And then uh, I find when I train with the with the I'd system probably six, say it the other way around. <laughs> we have a lot of shit roads here, but there are a few good roads. Yeah. Yeah. When you know where to go and where not to go, uh, then it's actually not that bad. But I do find when I ride the system six, and it's a little bit more shit roads that yeah, you just your yeah. body gets tired a little bit quicker than than with the super six. So 
also that's a good thing it's it, it gives a good comfort as well for uh the special roads we have here and from others yeah that's true i agree all right well then last question i reckon you might have a bit of a revelation the quarantine revelation so well, something that's happened over the last period this strange lockdown quarantine what's something that you're coming out of this with a new sort of mindset on or what have you learnt? <laughs> I finally finished Game of Thrones that's probably oh. the biggest thing we've actually uh, so today I'm uh, I'm leaving on a little um, training camp in Luxembourg for, for the next two weeks and yesterday night we finished Episode six of season six, uh, eight of uh, Game of Thrones. So we, so we, so we finished it, and I think it took me more than eight years to finish it. I started watching it really early in the beginning uh, without subtitles, and I think one of the reasons I didn't like it was just I didn't understand anything, the names and like they, they something I didn't understand everything. And then um, for the last six years, Sheena, my wife, she's been really pushing me to 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 watch it um and so uh yeah quarantine uh was the was the last push that i needed to to get into it and i actually really liked it uh so that was one big thing and then the other uh, is probably my cooking skills since uh day one of the lockdown i've been in charge of the kitchen um mainly because i enjoy cooking um I don't cook because we have to eat. I cook, well, also that, but I, I enjoy cooking and I like enjoy making like a good meal. Um, my wife, she doesn't like it that much. Uh, so we've been home for, what is it, 16 weeks now. And uh, I can say that my cooking skills got to a little little bit higher level now. So uh, can can you allude to and not a crazy combination, but what is your what has one of been your most proudest meals that you you maybe repeated or you just like you know what that was a really good meal I made. Well, I've one thing I've learned um, is that it's not always easy to make good food for kids because uh, yeah, I have a two year old and a four year old and especially the the two year old he, he eats everything. It doesn't matter if it's. Uh, if it's a lemon or a, or broccoli or potatoes, he'll put everything in his mouth. But the oldest one, he starts to eat with his eyes a little bit. So if it doesn't look good, he's not gonna like it. And uh, I've tried a lot, like um, vegetables. I've always made a made a puree with the with the mixer or with the blender. Um, but still, then he every day has been a really big challenge to to make him finish his plate. Um, but uh, mixing or blending the vegetables actually made me to some really nice uh, like mousses or uh, like sauces to put on, on meats or whatever uh, and re- one really good one that I had early was um, I had some um, cauliflower with onions, garlic and um, curry, curry spices in the oven and then I made them into a puree with a little bit of uh, potatoes and that was a uh, Oh, it was really good. The, the the flavor that it had was that was really really nice. Uh, did he like it or did you just like it? Oh, he hated it. But every 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 <laughs> day we had we had lunch. He just he came at the table. He looked and he said, "I don't like this. I don't want to eat this." Every day, it's been. What's one thing he does like? Does he like sushi? 
No, well, <laughs> I haven't tried that. Macaroni, uh, spaghetti, and pizza. That's the three things that he'll never say no to. And then everything, everything else, he just. But it actually, it, it's gotten better because we we've made him learn that he always has to taste it first before he says that he doesn't like it. And like after all these weeks, I can I can say the last two three weeks he's been he's been better. So, uh, yeah. but it's been a it's been a challenge. Nice, mate. Well, great. Well, it's been good talking Luff with you. Yeah, it's been really good. Have fun down on the training camp. Make sure you slip a little casket in there for you for the coffee stops. Yes, I will. <laughs> Cheers, Yenzi. Good. Thanks, Mitch. Well, there we have it once again. Just a short little snippet, a little extra package from the original podcast. I really do like doing the Talking Luft. We finished doing our sort of podcast and then I just asked the guest, you got another 10, 15 minutes and it always goes on. It's always a laugh. Everyone sort of relaxes that little bit more and they're pretty funny little questions. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. I've been loving the feedback too. Everyone's been sending in, especially after the Giro podcast I did and even the little ideas people are sending in about Talking Luft. I love that too. I've got some really good episodes coming up. Next week, I've got my old rider manager coming on, Paul DeGator. He is the man when it comes to, well, was the man when it came to rider managers. He's no longer a rider manager. And I just thought it'd be really interesting to talk to him. I'm really interested to find out how he does it in the meeting, how he does it, how he does the negotiations, how he actually gets it all happening. So that's coming up next week. That'll be over at the Cycling Podcast. So be sure to get across there and hear that. I'm not sure how Talking Luft's going to go with Paul, but I'm sure I'll work something out. And until then, send your feedback in. Make sure you get across to the merchandise shop. We've got some new stuff up there over at Life in the Peloton merch, the Etsy store. We've put some summer stuff up for the European guys, and we've also put some winter stuff up for the Melbourne guys, well, the Australian Oceania area. I want to say thanks to Lara, who's been helping me out through the end of lockdown and throughout this whole period, and just throughout the whole period of Life in the Peloton. Really great. So guys, until next time, cheers, I'm Mitch Stocker. Thanks, guys.